might hear talking chimpanzees, Parker quarterbacks, Matlitz out as in a bees, Bobby roaring fast. You and me, we're here for this to catch the latest show. Kingdom Five, them super flex. Come on in, let's go. Hey y'all, prepare yourself for the super flex pod. Welcome to another episode of Zuperflex. I'm not joined tonight by Matt. Schedules just didn't allow it. We did have a what we'll call the secret lost episode of Zuperflex that we recorded with our guest tonight, but there were some audio issues in terms of learning StreamYard and also just some stuff going on with Audacity. But I am very happy to bring back our guest and I apologize to him for what happened last time. But I'm joined tonight by Justin McCaslin. That's at Macklin J on Twitter? Did I mess that up already? Nope. You got it right, man. Nah, Justin McCaslin and Macklin J. Um, yeah, that, that episode was fun. And afterwards, it's like, well, we'll just chalk it up to a good time together. Hate that everybody missed it. I tried to summarize a little bit of what we talked about on Twitter. But, I mean, there's just so many good points brought up in the course of an hour that, I mean, you can't even do it justice. Yeah, there was a lot of Gardner Minshew talk which I mm-hmm. kind of regret people missing out on because there were uh, some nice sound bites there but it sounds like just to give a quick shout out Gabe and J Mike of the open bar have a shirt that is all about Gardner Minshew's uh, stash and it's just hashtag shoeval so <laughs> I think they got it covered because we talked about having Roto wear make a shirt too nice and just uh, real quick to circle back. So Justin is a rotational host of the Dynasty Happy Hour Pod, which is another great Dynasty podcast. And you can find them at Dynasty HH on Twitter. Uh, tonight, as always, even without Matt, the show must go on. We will be talking about quarterbacks. And Justin, we were talking a little bit about this off air before we get into the specific quarterbacks we're going to be talking about. It's just been crazy, man. It seems like every single starting quarterback that we thought would be starting this year is injured, retired, or probably the next domino to fall. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone saw Andrew Luck's retirement coming. That's the biggest surprise, obviously. But, like, whenever – before the season started, um, and actually last year on Dynasty Life Pod, I said that uh, that was the last we were going to see of Ben of – the, of the Killer Bees together, and that definitely panned out. And then before this season started, I talked about how we're probably witnessing the end of an era with quarterbacks that, you know, we're going to start to see the guys like uh, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger hang them up, and, and you know, wouldn't be surprising if we saw Phillip Rivers or uh, – you know, Tom Brady, I mean, everybody talks about how he's going to play forever, but good grief, the dude's 42. So, I mean, he probably will play for a lot longer and just, you know, ruin everybody's expectations in the NFL. But, like, we saw Eli Manning coming. I mean, there's a lot of ones that we saw coming, but that is the end of an era. I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of these guys are guys I've been watching since I can remember starting – well, not starting watching football, but, like, getting heavily invested in football. Like, these are the guys that you were drafting – um, back whenever Superflex was still just a I- idea on Twitter. 
or whatever. I, I haven't been playing in Superflex for as long as I've been playing Fantasy, but it's definitely about 90% of what I play now. So, Yeah, and that's certainly true. I make no secret of it that I got into football uh, much later in life. I watched for a bit in high school, but didn't really get into it until college. So for most of my time, and not most of my time, I should say all my time watching the Giants, Eli Manning has been the starting quarterback. Right. So it's certainly an end of an era for right. me as a Giants fan. And it definitely feels that way in Dynasty 2 where we're seeing a changing of the guard, although I did see some mention of it on Twitter by guys like Russ Play and a few others that the changing of the guard isn't exactly going the way we expected it no. to. Because there were supposed to be guys like, once these guys were tired or left or aged out, guys like Andrew Luck were supposed to get the torch, or Cam Newton was supposed to get the torch, and whether it was injuries or retirements or just whatever, it hasn't panned out the way we've hoped, although there is a lot of young, exciting talent at the position, but that next group of guys that's kind of in between just doesn't quite seem like they're ready to take over like we thought they might be. Right. No, I mean, if you look at the list of guys kind of in that age range to take over, per se, you know, Aaron Rodgers fits that mold. Um, Russell Wilson fits that mold. We'll be watching these guys for quite a while, at least we expect. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is starting to show chinks in the armor. Um, you know, Cam Newton, it would not surprise me if we got another weird, like, retirement announcement i'm really kind of nervous about him after the way he was talking the other night um you know matt ryan fits that mold we'll be watching him for quite a while uh but then you get into these guys that are kind of questionable like matthew stafford and kirk cousins and uh let's see um andy dalton like these guys that are kind of like meh you know i really don't want to see you or you know, Andy Dalton's the one that, you know, nobody wants to see as that new guard, and he's he's not really. And then, you know, some of these other guys are just, they're not the up-and-coming stars that you'd expect as the, you know, turning 30, entering their prime kind of guys. So we do get a bunch of these young guys, and there's, there's a lot of opportunity for them, and the, the hype is real. But I, I think that there's a chance that we're looking at, you know, some of these guys coming in and flaming out so it wouldn't surprise me if it if within a few years that we saw some well we're already seeing it like some real struggle out of mitch trubisky yeah we're seeing some real struggle with a lot of guys and from recent memory anyway this is the most i've seen people playing in super flex leagues mm-hmm. struggle with quarterback stability and that is because there's been a lot of injuries this year but it's also because those guys who are supposed to provide stability just haven't really and so I almost wonder if it's going to become even more and more common that people are going to be trading up for those quarterbacks and rookie drafts going forward, just hoping that they hit on, you know, the next Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff or whoever it is that you want to call a hit. And even now there are some calls of maybe Baker isn't as great as we think he is. We're not quite going to get into that tonight. Maybe we'll save that oh, for another come episode. On. You but, know I'm a Baker guy. maybe we'll bring you back for that episode tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about mason rudolph uh teddy bridgewater and Taysom hill and of course daniel jones since i had that very uh visceral reaction to his drafting on the live stream of superflex show during the draft show 
so I'd be doing everyone a disservice if I didn't give some of my thoughts now but let's kick it off with Mason Rudolph and before we get too into Mason Rudolph I just want to preempt this by saying I once wrote a superhero comparison article for quarterbacks for two QBs and everyone either was a hero or a villain except Mason Rudolph Mason Rudolph I compared to Foggy Nelson and the reason I compared him to Foggy Nelson was I said he's just a guy he does not have any impact negatively or positively he's just kind of there um, I may have changed my opinion on him slightly but it's still pretty I still think of him I know it's not an animal comparison but I still can't really get the Foggy Nelson comparison out of my head you know, and I uh, I can't decide whether that's a slight on Foggy or a slight on Mason. You know, I, I kind of like Mason more than you do, but to be honest, I'm a little biased because I got to watch him play at Oklahoma State quite a bit and hear people talk about him and uh, dove into a little bit more on him. I actually have got him on several dynasty rosters just because he was virtually free. And you know what I like about my backup quarterbacks and super flex leagues is if they have a good surrounding roster and a stable quarterback in front of them, I think that they wind up getting that opportunity to learn behind someone who is a, a consummate veteran. And then on top of that, having weapons already in place an offensive line already in place and a good system and coaching like those are the kind of backup quarterbacks i really like to keep on my roster i mean i don't think that a lot of people are holding uh what luke falk on their <laughs> roster i mean there's i mean it's super flex so they are but it's not like they're like yeah luke falk hell yeah like i saw this coming no <laughs> nobody did so I think Mason Rudolph's is uh, uh, Mason Rudolph is a cut above in that aspect. But back to Foggy Nelson, I uh, I really do think that he had more of an impact, at least on the show of Daredevil, than you're giving him credit for. Like, he, he the dude, he he really was like the you know guiding light for Daredevil in a lot an of impact, ways. And he had an impact in the comics. It was more <laughs> just a shot at like being a guy in a world where basically every single person somehow gets yeah. superpowers and you're like right. the one exactly. person who doesn't and you're just you know an avocado at law you know like even the most <laughs> average person in the marvel universe somehow gets superpowers and it's because like the most ridiculous thing happens i mean when you have your main hero being like yeah i got bit by a radioactive spider it just shows how ridiculous the ways these people get oh, their Oh, for sure. Are. Like, where was this spider at? Like, show me where. I want to get bit, too. Oh, it died afterwards? Oh, that's just your luck, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's more what I'm trying to say about Mason Rudolph. But I will say... So he's spider bit. I mean, if you want to compare it, like, these guys that have these, you know, awesome situations in front of them where they didn't do any of the work to set this up. They didn't go through the hard time you know, where the teams were eight and eight and stuff and, and really had higher expectations. And then now all the expectations are set. And then here we are, we're talking about uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill and Mason Rudolph. And then, uh, oh, let's see, Will Greer. You know, I, I don't think the Carolina Panthers are necessarily in that situation. But, uh, oh, Jacoby Brissett. That's one thing I did want to bring up is last week we talked about Jacoby – or not last week, the lost episode. <laughs> we talked about Jacoby Brissett. And I feel that this little line of thought, you know, where they just, you know, get spider bit and all of a sudden they're in the spider – the starting lineup. You know, I compared Jacoby Brissett to the common cuckoo, which is a, a brood parasite. 
and they go and they lay their eggs in someone else's nest and then leave them to be raised by that other team uh by that other <laughs> bird i said team but yes so he steps in and he gets this team that andrew luck left and you know he he didn't work for it he didn't die for you know the indianapolis colt sins like andrew luck did uh rest in peace <laughs> on your couch bro. yeah that's but anyways that's i, I digress that's certainly true and I don't know if I'm saying he's spider bit, but I will say that he's like the friend and this happens in comics a bit too. So I'm going to stick with the reference. He's the friend who complains about not getting powers. And then of course, when they complain about not getting powers, suddenly something happens to them where they get powered too. And like they get pushed off a building and the friend who has the powers is like super worried because they just got pushed off a building and they think they're going to die. And they're like, oh, hey, look, I have levitation powers now. I'm one of you guys. That's Mason. Yeah. And then it turns out that their powers are really crappy. Like their (laughs) levitation powers, they can only levitate off the ground like three inches. Like that's the kind of thing that we're going to run into with some of these guys. We're going to blow like 100% of fab or whatever fab you have left if you happen to miss out on some of these other guys that you were trying to blow 100% of fab on. And you're really like, I don't know, this it's this way for me in the SFB, not necessarily Dynasty Leagues because most of these guys are rostered. Some of them aren't. But like you're like honestly going, um, do I really want to put 100% of my fab towards player X or player Y, and they're all just crap options. And, I mean, it was already hard to get a, a you know a second quarterback or even a third quarterback in the SFB. Um, and and I, I think this works for Dynasty too. But, like, where it's just like, okay, well, I hated to use my fab here. I had these good quarterbacks. You know, I had Drew Brees. I was set. I had Sam Darnold as my backup. And, you know, Sam Darnold was an underrated sleeper coming into this season. But, yep, here I am. I'm, I'm deciding between Luke Falk or the coin flip that is Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, the air quotes quarterback. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some people in SFB starting Luke Falk this week. Uh, one thing about Mason Rudolph that you already kind of touched on is the situation is really good for him. The Steelers' offense is pretty good, although... They didn't look great even with Ben there early in the season, but they do have Juju, who obviously can help carry a quarterback. They have James Conner, although he's a little banged up at the moment. Uh, Vance McDonald has looked pretty good, at least with Mason Rudolph throwing to him. And they also have uh, James Washington, who Mason Rudolph played with in college. So I know a bunch of people are talking about the fact that uh, James Washington's probably going to be a good pickup now. They're probably right about that. And of the guys that we're going to talk about, and just in general of the guys who suddenly find themselves as starters, I think Mason Rudolph has found himself in the best situation, maybe outside of Jacoby Brissett, but I'm talking about of the guys in the last few weeks who have suddenly found themselves starters. Mason Rudolph certainly seems to be the guy most likely, at least in my opinion, to make an impact on fantasy lineups. To be the one that you can be like, all right, I don't mind starting you as my QB2 because there's a chance that if James Conner's healthier, it's Jalen Samuels or Juju Smith-Schuster, that you can throw just that little screen pass that's safe and they get a touchdown. Or that you've got this guy that you played four years with or three years, however long he and James Washington, the Prez, were together in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma at Oklahoma State and you could throw that deep ball and you know that's one thing about James Washington he's a great at tra- tracking 
the deep ball, and those two had that chemistry. You know, I actually wound up stacking those two in rookie drafts because they're fairly cheap together. Um, and uh, I, I hated to see them leave Oklahoma State. I mean, obviously they were they aged out. But uh, they are a good tandem. And so, if nothing else, it's it's that whole that narrative of the guy with the third string or second or third receiver, you know, gets the passes with the the backup quarterback or whatever. You know, they already had that chemistry on top of you know playing second string or, you know, actually I, I figured James Washington was actually probably playing with the first string receivers more so. But I anyways, the point is is that. If there was going to be a guy I was going to blow my full fab, if he's available, which he is in one of my leagues, and I'm really, like, bummed that I don't have more fab money because it's three weeks in, and, you know, it sucks. But I didn't even realize he was he was on the waiver wire or else he would not have been there, and I'm really kicking myself for that one. So, And actually, I wish Matt was here because it's in the red list mm-hmm. league, and uh, he would be like probably give me a hard time about I it. I almost dropped Mason Rudolph in one league, and it was a league where I w- lost Andrew Luck. And I also had Gardner Minshew at one point, and I dropped him. So I almost dropped oh, two gosh. guys who became starters. Uh, I'm pretty happy that I held on to him. But he is he is available in some leagues. And just one last thought on him before we uh, get into some animal comps for him. So he, as the emergency starter last week, was actually the QB 23 in terms of points per game, which when you're not prepared to start a game, and I know it was only something like, 12 points, which just goes to show that quarterbacks are not quite as reliable as they've been in the past to start the season. But still, if you can come in when you're not expected to start and get yourself to a low-end QB2 range, that shows pretty positive signs, at least to me, going forward for Mason Rudolph. Yeah, absolutely. And Justin, did you come up with an animal comp for him? Because if not, I can just do mine and we can move on. Man, he is so just the generic quarterback. Like, looking at him, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, he's he's a handsome dude. Like, there's he's that, that like that generic, like, what you expect to, to be the quarterback. Like, if you saw him walk, walking across the campus, you'd be like, oh, that's probably the quarterback. But, I mean, outside of that, like, he does not remind me of an animal. Um, but I'll be perfectly honest coming up with animal comps is labor for me (laughs) because I don't have like that wealth of knowledge of random animals like say Matt does and especially that the you know the traits the animal traits that you could relate to them and so I had I had the ones for last week and I just had not had the chance to come up with with anything right here so I'm I'm interested to hear what you have to say about an animal comp yeah that's totally acceptable and we just to be totally honest with our listeners because of the lost episode we ended up recording this episode very last minute so don't blame justin for not being able to prepare Uh, he's being very kind to redo this episode entirely and it's funny recording this podcast i've actually learned a lot more about animals than i used to i don't know if people think that i just came into this knowing a lot about animal facts it's actually the other way around i've always liked animals but I've done a lot of research to come up with these animal comps for quarterbacks just because it was a niche thing, and now I know a lot of random animal facts. So if I ever go to trivia Very at nice. a bar and they ask about random animals, I'll be prepared. But in case, in the case of Mason Rudolph, so 
I said he's a meerkat, and it's kind of along the lines of what Justin was talking about. I was trying to find, like, an animal that's pretty common across zoos that isn't like, oh, this is the rare animal that this zoo has the only one of and you're coming to see it. No, I'm pretty sure meerkats exist in pretty much every zoo on the planet. And the other thing is meerkats, so this is one of those animal traits that I've learned about. Meerkats succeed in packs. They're not really individualistic animals. So the reason I say that is just touching back on what we just said is I, the reason I think that Mason Rudolph will be good, or to borrow a quote from myself on the open bar, serviceable, is the fact that he has a good supporting cast. He's not going to be the kind of quarterback to take over a game, but because of the community that he has around him and the organization he has around him, he will be a good player in my opinion. I think that's a fair assessment of him. I mean, there's a lot of, and I think that we've hit on this, there's, there's a lot of these guys that aren't exciting ads. You know, the, the guys that you're a little bit more excited about are the Daniel Joneses that uh, are like, you know, have the chance to be um, the next Josh Allen, you know, that everybody dumped on and then they come in and they surprise everybody because your expectations are low. And I guess that that's a benefit of a guy like Mason Rudolph because your expectations are low. If he comes in and and uh, just blows it out of the water, then everybody's going to be pumped because, you know, we, we didn't have high expectations. And I think that's the benefit of some of these guys. Like, you know, you, you alluded to Baker Mayfield, and everybody's like, oh, Baker's not what we thought he was. But you know what? You know, he's only in his second season starting, and he's got a lot of different – I know, I brought it back to Baker. I know. And he's got a lot of different weapons, and it's just they've, they've gone up. I would say surprisingly tough defense in um, Tennessee. And then they, they showed out this Monday night, so I'll give them that. But uh, there's still time. The jury, the jury's we, – we may have been a little quick to crown him the next Patrick Mahomes, uh, but uh, he's still 24 years old. And a lot of these guys have just tons of time to develop in the league. And I think that as a whole with quarterbacks, we've – We've pulled back on this notion that they have time to develop. And, and, and bringing it full circle, like guys like Mason Rudolph have had a little bit of time to develop. Teddy Bridgewater's had a little bit of time to develop. And if they, um, I say time to develop, t- time to develop behind the scenes without actually being uh, the starter. And so it's good to get to see, see them be the starter. But at this point with these guys, you haven't invested a lot. It's going to be a late pick or fab budget. And so if you get anything out of them positive, it's, it's gravy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a good segue, too, because I want to talk a bit mostly about Teddy B. We can talk a bit about Taysom Hill, too, but I really want to focus on Teddy because he was the starter when Breeze went down, and presumably he's going to continue to be the starter. Um, I don't know a nice way to say this. When watching that game, so it was one of the games that I got in my local coverage, and I'm not someone who watches Red Zone. I personally like to watch a full game or I don't get invested, even if the game's really terrible. So I was watching that whole game, and Teddy did not look like a starter at all. He didn't even really look like a decent backup. He looked totally, and I get it, he is an emergency starter. So again, we have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, but 
if he continues to look that way, I can't imagine that the Saints continue to run him out there, especially because they've made a bunch of moves within the past few seasons that really seem to push up their contention window. And I think they were trying to win at least one more time with Breeze around, so maybe they're okay with a development year. But, man, it I wouldn't be surprised to see them move on to Taysom Hill. I also wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payton were to trade some kind of mid to late round pick for a veteran type quarterback and I'm not saying Eli Manning because I know that's been I even suggested it like half jokingly myself earlier today on Twitter but I highly doubt Eli Manning is going anywhere but what are your thoughts on Teddy Justin so I wasn't a big fan of Teddy when he was in Minnesota and I didn't think that when he came out that he was as good a quarterback as people thought I think that he was what you hoped for and that what people eventually got out of um, Lamar Jackson. And so, like, I think he is just, and I hate to say this, he's in that Robert Griffin the third kind of model where it's just like, oh, you know, he was supposed to be this. And then he turns out to just be average and maybe even below average. And I, I, I want to say Drew Brees isn't lost for the season, right? It's just like a, a, a pretty decent timetable. Like he could come back this season. There's some question. It's optimistically six weeks. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if it's anything better than that. But I know at minimum it's six weeks. And then it sounds like from what some uh, people that are on Twitter that are either uh, PT or orthopedic surgeons and things of that nature are saying it could be a much longer time. And they, the reason yeah. I said optimistic yeah. is they're the ones that, no, that makes are sense. claiming that. I will say that timeline. Taysom Hill's no better, and he's not a real quarterback. And I'm, I may be eating my words later on, but if he was so good, they would have rolled him out there passing the ball instead of rolling him out as a receiver. And so I, th- I really hate to see this for New Orleans, but I'm afraid that their season's lost. And if you're depending on either one of these guys to start as your Superflex QB2 or, God forbid, your QB1, if you also had someone like Sam Darnold or Cam Newton ahead of them, then uh, I'd say your season's lost too. And I'm right there with you in a league because I've got a stack of Cam Newton and Mitch Trubisky, and I'm really starting to wonder if that that, uh, lineup's ever going to do anything with those two. So I, I don't like either. And I guess if I was, you know gun to the head had to pick one i'm gonna hope on teddy bridgewater that what we saw on sunday's uh you know afternoon game that it's just like we talked about like it was uh oh my gosh i'm starting holy crap drew Brees is never hurt he's never ever hurt oh crap what do i do now oh gosh the rams are huge oh look it's freaking aaron donald he's back like i'm hoping that there was a little bit of that and and that we get to see (laughs) teddy bridgewater um, come out and be serviceable. I, I would, and I want to preface by saying I always hope I'm wrong on these valuations of players that I don't like. I want to be proved wrong. I would love it if every one of these guys came out and, and killed it. Like, I don't wish ill on anybody. But I think that it's just going to be another meh year with these backup quarterbacks. And we're really just choosing the best meh to plug into our lineups at QB2. Yeah, and in Teddy's defense, it feels kind of like, and I know I kind of said the same thing about the Steelers, but it does feel like 
if you can just get the ball to Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah, he's they, got the weapons. They could break big plays for him and make him look like a good quarterback, mm-hmm. at least for fantasy Absolutely. purposes. And, there, you know, it might not be for real-life purposes, but for fantasy purposes, he certainly could be. And I know when he was with the Vikings, and this was before his horrific injury, he was more of a game manager type even back then. He was very efficient with his passes, but he wasn't really doing anything too electric with his arm. And that was before his injury. So I'm right there with you. I'm not that high on Teddy. I And like you, I do hope that to be wrong about my negative takes. But if I had a choice between him and Rudolph, I'm definitely picking Rudolph. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, and I know that will be a... Uh, I've actually seen that asked a bunch today on Twitter for some people who do have both available in their leagues, um, as well as some people even asking whether they should pick up Luke Falk, which the answer is between the three of those guys, Luke Falk is way below all the options, including probably Taysom Hill. Honestly, that's the only caveat I'll say to that is at least you know Luke Falk is the starter and that he's not going to be usurped by a guy right behind him. Yeah, and that's so fair. if you if you absolutely have to have someone to plug in the position, then yeah, you might go for Luke Falk and the fact that you could get him probably cheaper than the other two and uh, you know he's not going to be usurped unless I mean we see a trade, but really who else is there out on the open, open market? Like I would love to get to see Colin Kaepernick come back and play, mm. but uh, we've had lots of opportunities before and uh, Joe Schmo off the street gets picked up before him, so I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, we might be at uh, the point where Favre comes out of retirement for like the millionth time before we. Dude, see I saw some memes about it. It's always pretty funny, <laughs> but like, you know, these guys are w- sitting on their couch going, "Damn, I could do better than that." <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I'd I'd like to buy an island. Why don't I sign for two million dollars and let's go buy that island somewhere? You know? somewhere Matt Castle is going. Huh? I could have a job in the <laughs> NFL again. Oh gosh, there's gobs of these guys that you know could come out of retirement or, or whatever. I mean, you know, Blake Bortles is somewhere going. Hey, <laughs> trade for me. Looky here, I'm over here just sitting here. I've had a few Jared weeks Goff. to learn from Guru Sean McVay. Yeah. come on. Yeah, look, he's touched me. I'm, 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 I'm cured. <laughs> Which I mean, if you were to tell me, so that what you're you saying go is Sean McVay has the Blake. <laughs> oh, you mean Blake Bortles is the infection? Oh no! Oh no! Gosh, uh, you know, I, and I, I think this is a sneaky pickup, a really, really sneaky pickup. I, I just realized Colt McCoy is going to be healthy soon. I know it's like the deepest of the deep grabs for Superflex quarterback, but he would be free on waiver wires. He's going to be healthy. And why in the world would Washington keep him when they could get something back in return from one of these teams that has an absolute need at quarterback? Just saying, you could stumble into a free starter that we would absolutely be talking about at least on par with Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and Luke Falk. I'd still take you know, Mason Rudolph ahead of them. And obviously, I'm talking price here too. Free versus all of my fab. So... Little little nugget there. I don't know if it's worth anything, but if you got the extra roster space, why not? Yeah, that's completely fair. And why don't we move on very quickly to uh, Daniel Jones, because he's much more exciting than what we've talked about so far. And 
so there was the news today that he that Eli Manning was going to be replaced as a starter finally. And I say finally because we all knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when, not if. And the Giants started off 0-2. Doesn't surprise anybody. And now we have Daniel Jones as the starter. I said earlier today that I was excited about this. And I'm excited about it because it means that they're getting him some reps. And even if they suck, at least it's with a goal towards figuring out whether he is their franchise quarterback or not. But I will say... It is a 180 for me because I started out by saying on that live draft show how mad I was about the pick and I like couldn't even talk after it and to be honest it's not that I've changed my mind that they didn't pick him too early it's just now that he's on the team and I have to root for him anyway and then he looked pretty good in preseason absolutely he did so I'm at the point where I am really hoping that Daniel Jones does well, and at least he gives me something to watch besides Saquon Barkley, because really, as a Giants fan, all I had was, oh, let's watch Saquon Barkley, but everyone knows that the plan is to give the ball to Saquon Barkley, so they're going to stop Saquon Barkley. So now it's, if you force the Giants to throw, okay, sure, but at least it's a quarterback that might be the future taking the shots. Yeah, man. I mean, it's one of those things like, you're absolutely right. At least you get to know what you have in Daniel Jones right now. You don't have to wait. And and honestly, Eli was not going to get it done. I don't think they're going to get it done in the NFC East. I'm not, you know, I, I am subtly touting the Cowboys. But, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen this year. Like, Eli's not going to beat that team. And I don't think they're going to do well against the rest of the division either and so why not either a like you said find out what you've got or b bomb again and at least then you can have another t- shot at a quarterback which i don't think they're gonna have to because daniel jones like you said he balled out in preseason at least a little bit to a point where everybody's like oh you know what we might have been a little bit overly judgmental about daniel jones and quarterbacks do develop i will give them that so if, if you're comparing him to the guys we just talked about, he's got at least the draft capital. And we've seen that work out for quarterbacks in the past more so. And, and in fact, at every position. Like, draft capital matters. It really does. If nothing else, they get lots of chances. And someone somewhere stuck their neck out and said, he is worth this high of, uh, of a value. Yeah, and, I was going to say that <clears throat> David Gettleman is about as invested as he can be because if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, then that's going to be the end of him pretty much. And it should be. Honestly, it's surprising that it didn't cost him more just because of how early he took him when he didn't have to. You know, like, just not trading back was foolish. But that's another time, I mean, we've that's been beat to death. The point that we're discussing here is that Daniel Jones probably, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like a lateral move for Eli because I don't think Eli was as exciting as a Daniel Jones. No, he's definitely not. At this point, he was old and washed up. And as much as I've been a fan of Eli just for what he's done for the team, it was definitely past time to move on. Yes. Um, you know, for fantasy purposes, I do see Daniel Jones being a solid quarterback too, not necessarily this year. He could be 
but I don't really see it this year just because their wide receivers are not great. However, long term, I certainly think that he can have a career where he's at least a QB2 type. It remains mm-hmm. to be seen whether he has an even higher ceiling than that, but I feel pretty confident saying that he'll at least have a back-end QB2 type career. And I know I that think sounds so. not super high on him, but that's better than some uh, quarterbacks that were selected in the first round, like Brian Leftwich. So let's uh, we're going to move on from here, although I'm just going to give a quick animal comp for him. So I came up with that he is a wolf cub, and I say that because... He just got into like one of those fights with the wolf pack leader who was kind of old and couldn't really defend himself at this point. And he's this young cub who's coming into his own and he just took out the leader. But now he's at the point where he has to see if he can lead the pack. And we're not so sure about that because he's young, he's inexperienced, but maybe he can be. And that is my animal comparison. And it's a gray wolf uh, cub. Interesting. Very nice. Yeah, I, I I guess I kind of see Daniel Jones as like that deer in the headlights. <laughs> Whenever you see, especially like if you look at his, uh, I don't know if it's his official picture where his eyes are kind of wonky. Like he just kind of looks like the deer in the headlights, like, oh, crap. And I think if, if I had seen New York's media market and the way that people responded on Twitter, Twitter I would have had a deer in the headlights look too. But I, th- I think I'm, I'm optimistic about him. Yeah, he and uh, Eli look very, very similar. Oh, eerily similar. That's crazy how much they look like, you know, you know, at least uncle and, and nephew, if, if nothing else, like older, older brother. Like th- Eli's not old enough to be his dad, but <laughs> he's old enough to be his, like, old uncle, like where, like, his parents had kids really late after they'd had their first kids early, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's certainly true. He definitely looks like he could be related to the Manning family. So I know uh, for a team that's concerned about keeping the legacy intact, that's certainly important. We're going to move on, though, and we're going to talk about our Animal of the Week. So during the last episode, we found out that Justin's favorite zoo animal are leopards, in particular uh, snow leopards. So Matt is not around. I'm going to do my best to share some fun facts about snow leopards. And one of the things that I found particularly interesting was that a snow leopard can jump about six feet in the air. And this website that I was reading compared it to if you were outside in your house and you were to jump off the ground, if you could jump as high as a snow leopard, you'd be able to reach the gutters and clear out your gutters without needing a ladder. That would be awesome. That would be completely I mean, that's a skill I could use. <laughs> yeah, you know, last week on, or on the last episode we faithfully recorded, uh, I mentioned that, like, I like all leopards, that I, I typically uh, find my way to the cats, and that those are the ones that I spend the most time looking at. There there was a, uh, I say was, because I think she might have passed away, but there was a three-legged leopard at the Oklahoma City Zoo that I just could sit and watch. Like, I loved watching her just... She was so regal and majestic, and then the snow leopards around the corner, and it's just so cool to get to see it. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in Oklahoma. It's really hot. <laughs> but um, seeing them on, on nature shows is always really fun, and um, I think I had a stuffed animal of one as a kid from uh, going to the San Diego Zoo, of all places. So um, one of the things that Matt mentioned is that there's a 
a website called panthera.org mm-hmm. that you can go and donate if you'd like for uh, leopard research and pretty much all big cats so and preservation not just research um, that was a good one and then there was this website he mentioned called zooniverse.org and I think it's like one that you can get involved with random um, like studies and, and uh, research with different animals and like you actually can go help do research like grinding out some of the stuff that they do I haven't actually had the time to look at it but we kind of mentioned like that'd be kind of cool to do with your kids and uh just be like, all right, we're going to help so-and-so animal by, you know, grinding through whatever data or whatever they've got. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not doing it justice because he actually knew what he was talking about. I just saved the website for later. So yeah. Zooniverse was something that Matt mentioned and it is something where it's a bunch of researchers are working on stuff, but you can contribute as uh, just a person and as a family, if you want. So it's definitely an activity you should check out with your kids it came up in conversation because snow leopards are notoriously hard for people to spot because they live in conditions where humans don't thrive and they live at super high altitudes where it's hard to breathe and they live in as justin alluded to very cold climates so they're not often caught on camera or documented Uh, so what we do know about them is often just from glimpses or from the ones that are in captivity is what matt was saying i believe and so definitely make sure to check out Zooniverse and make sure to check out Panthera if you feel like being charitable and donating to the cause because snow leopard population is decreasing something like 10% every year uh, by estimation. So they could definitely use the help. And we're going to uh, now move on to a slightly lighter topic, which is our extinctions of the week. And Justin, if you have something really eating at you that you want to get off your chest, you can go first. If not, I'm happy to go first and let you follow up. Um, you know, the stuff that eats at me is probably more work-related, and I think that that's one of those, like, okay, everybody's got work problems, buddy, so we don't want to hear them. So I'm going to bring up what we talked about last week, and uh, – I'm actually going to just say that, like, don't mention players on Twitter by their handle. Like, don't bring them into our conversations. First of all, it makes dynasty, it makes, it makes fantasy football look tacky and, and crude. Like, we can talk about these players, and if they go out and search their name, that's on them. But if you hit at mention, and especially, especially the people that see a conversation going on where it's not involving the player in a mention, because you know what? We're just analyzing the players and their performances. And you come in and say, at so-and-so, what you think about this? Like, you're the worst. <laughs> Don't do that. Like, get off Twitter. That, that, auto, that almost earns you or probably would earn you an automatic block in my book. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. That's just don't at players and don't slide into other conversations just to at the players either. They don't need to see it. I agree if they search it themselves, that's fine. And I've seen some players even interact with tweets about themselves. But you don't need to go out of your way. And I will amend it. If you're saying like, hey, great job this week or something like that, yes. go for it. But if you're saying something negative or trying to point out to them something negative, just don't do it. You know, that happened today, actually. Tyler Lockett had, uh, you know, quote tweeted Kian Fahey, of all people, 
and uh, I get I couldn't see what Ken said because I'm blocked because apparently I disagreed with him at some point. Um, but you know, I jumped in and was like, "Yeah, you keep doing you, Tyler. Like this dude just doesn't get it. He's he's ridiculous." And th- that's the kind of stuff. Like, yes, okay, encourage people. Like, put positivity out into the world. That's that's always a plus. And I think that if you've got your team and you're like, hey, you know, Michael Gallup, I hope you get better soon. Like, you've been killing it. Good job. Like, that stuff, that I, I believe that the, if, if these guys are reading it themselves, um, then cool. You, you Hopefully you're brightening their day. And if they have their social media managers, whoever that is, like surely they're saying to them, hey, look, you're getting a lot of positive feedback. People are saying, you know, good things. They're only showing them the positive feedback. Well, and they should. Honestly, that's what I would hire a social media manager for. Like, I'd be like, all right, I don't want to hear the negatives. Like, tell me, like, do I have positive fans? And like, tell me people I can respond to yep. because I would like to interact with people that are positive. That's how I operate on a daily basis. I'm just not famous. <laughs> <laughs> so mine's a, uh, mine's kind of like your work problem. It's probably mostly related to my being back in school, but I feel like everyone can relate to it. So the other day we were about to get out 15 minutes early and then somebody raised their hand they were my teacher was looking for one last presentation to go or just someone to present their homework to go before she let us out and you could tell like everyone had been super quick because we could kind of tell that she's trying to wrap up and this one person raises their hand and proceeds to tell us it was a homework assignment about assessing whether an ad was good or not essentially and this person proceeds to tell us the market share for the company like the entire financial history, the overview of the company starting from when it was founded. And so we were supposed to get out like 15 minutes early and instead we got out maybe a minute before she was gonna let us out anyway. And it's a similar thing where like, today I spent an entire class period talking about something where people just kept having questions about something that the teacher said we were gonna review it once and then never use it again because he was going to teach us a more efficient method to do it. But instead, we got stuck on the thing that he said we were going to do once and never do again. So it's just frustrating when people, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know like teachers have to say like there's no such thing as a dumb question. That's wrong. There are such things as dumb questions. And there are also such things as like, if you're going to be let out of a class don't be that person who essentially does like the, but you forgot to assign us homework type deal. And like, I'm sure that applies to job meetings too. Like if a meeting's oh, yeah, wrapping up, a... don't start talking for another 15 minutes. Or if the meeting's wrapping up, don't ask a question about something that was already explained seven times. Conference calls. Dude, conference calls. That's where like, I'm so thankful that they're not video conference calls because there are times where my eyes roll my head to the side like literally roll so hard that i fall over like i have had times with people on conference calls where if i could reach through and like give them the biggest why you know face i would so i I get exactly what you're saying and i'll equate your your early release thing to there's times where I'm going to cut out like an hour early. Like we've got permission to cut out early and then I'll get that phone call that lasts half an hour. And you're like, 
well, okay, and then someone comes into your office, and then you leave at the regular time of the day. Like, it's not like you weren't supposed to be there anyways, but you feel like you were robbed because there was the hope yep. of something else. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, having being, being a Saints fan. <laughs> and to your point today in a class, <laughs> I did mouth, or at least I thought I mouthed the words, oh, my God, after the same question was asked, like, for the tenth huh? time. But apparently it was audible because one of my classmates turned around. But he also, like, I guess he was thinking the same thing because he kind of laughed at me. So it wasn't uh, too bad, but definitely need to be a little more careful about my audibly uh, rolling my eyes at people, essentially. With that, though, we are going to wrap up. Justin, I appreciate you joining me again. And just to let people know where they can find you again, that's at J on Twitter. And anywhere else you want to give a quick shout out to before we go, besides the Dynasty Happy Hour Pod, which is just uh, Dynasty HH Pod on Twitter. No, man, that's where I'm at right now. That's I'm doing Superflex rankings over there on their site and uh, filling in on the the podcast. Although uh, Tyler jokes that we need a backup to the backup because I've had things going on on the weekends. I haven't had the opportunity to record in a couple weeks, but I recorded all summer. So come on, I mean. <laughs> I'm available, but nah, just crazy time of the year for me. But uh, that's where you can find me, and uh, I'm happy to come on, man. It's always a good time. Yeah, I appreciate it. And even though he wasn't able to join us tonight, you can find Matt at Matt Price FF on Twitter. You can find him on pretty much every fantasy podcast known to man, so I'm not going to list them. And you can find us at Zuperflex. We are on pretty much every podcast availability uh, streaming platform that you can think of. And that's it. Until next time, keep it classy fantasy Twitter, and we'll see you soon. Take care.